Hi there, Jonathan here. This is Bible Loop 2230, and we're reading the book of Revelation in 30 days. In chapter 14, verses 1 to 13, the vision focuses on the victorious Lamb and his church who are standing on Mount Zion. Some interpretations would see this as a literal standing in the rebuilt temple of Jerusalem. This understanding is typically part of the premillennial dispensational view of end times. One of the problems with this view, among many, is that it involves the re-establishment of animal sacrifice in the temple. I find this, as well as a host of other issues, unsustainable as an eschatological position. It would seem more likely that here John is stating that Jesus, with his church, is standing at the nexus point between heaven and earth, which is what Mount Zion represents. They are standing at the spiritual holy city of God. There is the sound of rushing waters with peals of thunder and also the sound of harps with a new song being sung by the redeemed. Sounds like a familiar description of an awesome God who is receiving the worship due his name. It's a song that is known only to the redeemed, which reminds us of Paul's teaching in Romans 8 that the Spirit testifies to every believing heart that they belong to God as his child. Faith in Christ is from the heart and involves the inner testimony of the Spirit. From the Spirit we know the song of the redeemed. This church are described as virgins, an image from the Old Testament of the army of Israel who are set apart for the holy work of serving the Lord without distraction. They follow the Lamb wherever he goes, which is a beautiful picture of the Lordship of Christ who is followed by his disciples from all over the world. The church has been purchased by the blood of Christ from all nations, something we were told would happen in the Great Commission of Matthew 28, and also what we saw the first fruits of on the day of Pentecost, Acts chapter 2. In Christ, the church is blameless. Next, we're introduced to three angels who basically provide a summary of what is to happen at the end of the age. The first angel states that the eternal gospel will go to the fourfold description of the entire world. Notice the angel says, God has made the heavens, the earth, the sea, and the springs of water. Again, the fourfold description refers to the whole world. The angel associates the idea of fearing God and giving him glory with the proclamation of the gospel. At a time in history like ours, when sometimes the gospel is presented as only love without judgment, let the discerning hearer understand the hour of his judgment has come. It is incumbent upon every human being to repent and worship the God of heaven, lest we come under his righteous judgment upon sin. The second angel declares that the first beast, the cyclically appearing Babylon, is fallen. The empire which was manifest as Egypt and Babylon and Rome and countless other national identities will finally be represented by a final beast to come and it will fall because Jesus Christ has already won the victory. The nations must avoid drinking the maddening wine of her adulteries. What a poignant and eerie way to describe the idolatrous lure 
of Babylon upon the peoples of the earth. The third angel articulates the fact that the judgment will involve punishment to be inflicted on all who are not found in Christ by way of the seal of the Spirit. In contrast, those to be judged will be found with the mark of the beast. Humanity who come under the judgment of God will taste the full strength cup of his wrath. This is terrifying and is meant to lead us to not only fear the Lord but fall at his feet in repentance for mercy. Words such as sulfur, torment and smoke rising forever are unambiguous about the absoluteness of the final judgment. The people of God are told to continue to live patiently and faithfully for the glory of Jesus throughout the final days of life on earth. Eternal Sabbath rest is promised for all who overcome by grace through faith. So how do you go about your normal day's activities after reading this stuff? Are you feeling the tension of both taking it all seriously and avoiding becoming some sort of crazed zealot obsessed with the end of the world? It's a very important question. How do you hold the scary truths and sense of urgency we find in the book of Revelation with the reality of the length of time since it was written? How do you live with a cognizance of the beast and the Antichrist and go about your daily life cleaning the house, buying groceries and going for a swim at the beach? Well, this is our task as the people of God. We are both an unanxious presence in our world, bringing peace and hope in Jesus' name, and a voice calling in the wilderness to repent and come out of Babylon. May God grant you the spirit-led wisdom to live in the tension. Enjoy God's word. 